Welcome to His Prodigal Daughters podcast, where we share our testimonies and help others navigate through God's Word to find their way back home. I'm Danielle, and this is my co-host, Becca. Hey, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us today for another episode. Let's get started. guys, and welcome to the special three-part episode of His Prodigal Daughters. Once again, I'm Danielle. And I'm Becca. And we are so excited for this series. Um, we had already talked about talking to the prodigals. Yes. And what we wanted to do in this little special series was interview really important women in our lives who were the parent, our parents, our moms and grandmother, um, who were very three important women that we really wanted to get their side of the story on here. And, Um, and, and two, just to help those out there, parents dealing with these types of situations or even other situations provide some hope in knowing that prayer and being steadfast in your faith will bring their prodigal home will bring their prodigal home exactly so we're going to be interviewing three women um christy reed who is mine danielle's mother we're going to be interviewing sherry joiner which is rebecca's mother and we're also interviewing another special lady who is miss phyllis um this is actually becca's grandma but she was also really important to me um during the time that we were living a life of sin um, I didn't have really any contact with my family. So Miss Phyllis was somebody who I really looked forward to and looked up to um, as far as, you know, having that that motherly figure when I didn't have one. Yeah. Um, so we really hope that you enjoy this three part series. Um, we're going to be interviewing, like I said, Christy Reed, Sherry Joyner and Miss Phyllis. And we hope that you'll enjoy. All righty, mom. Thank you for joining us. This is Christy Reed once again. Um, So we wanted to talk about, like we said, we wanted to talk about the perspective of you when I and me and Becca had made the decisions that we did. So we wanted to ask you some questions and just kind of talk to you about what your perspective was. Um, So as far as when we made the decision to come out gay, how did that make you feel when you saw that we were pulling away from God? Well, at the time, I didn't know Becca. I didn't know her history or anything about her. I just, you know, was going off of um, your life, you Mm know, um, how you were raised and what you were taught. And I was literally shocked. I was (laughs) floored. I had no idea whatsoever because you had never expressed those feelings. Um, (laughs) And so... I was literally shocked. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I had I had never said anything. I had never expressed those feelings because the way I was raised, I was scared. I knew that it was wrong, especially in my family's eyes. And, you know, having a TV evangelist for a grandfather, that was quite terrifying to have to try to admit something like that. I thought I was supposed to be better. So, yeah, with you not knowing anything, it doesn't surprise me that you were completely shocked. <laughs> um, but after we after we did come out, after you found the found out about all of this, like what what for you was the hardest part? Like, what did you find that that was the hardest thing about the whole situation? Well, during the time that it had happened, <clears throat> I had just um, made the decision to accept my own calling for to do unity fest. And so in my mind, I 
said, this is just an attack of the enemy mm. to discourage mm -hmm. my faith because I was stepping out of a bo an uncomfortable box um, that God was leading me. And so it was just in my mind, this is just something that the devil's using to distract me, discourage my faith. And so, but at the same time, that's when my biggest leap of faith took place and to where as parents, we say that we give you to God, but we have the tendency to give it to, you know, give you to them. And mm -hmm. then it's like, Oh, wait a minute here. I, I know this will reach her. I know mm -hmm. I can do this. Or I know I her say better. this. And, and then God's like, um, hello, you're hindering and give her back. And so, but it was such a huge, um, Thing that took place like I would have never expected this and so it was something I had to hand over to yeah. God because I said I don't know what to do with this God right I'm in shock and he said I'm not <laughs> like, I, I kind of knew already it's that push he's and like, pull that we were talking about uh -huh. I need one. you to trust me and right. he's like this is just the beginning of your journey of faith because I thought I had faith until I had to walk through all of this. Right. So, well, during this, did since even though you were giving me back to God, did it change your perspective of me? Like what what you saw in me? Did you look at me any differently when I had gone through this? Just for like the people, especially the, the, the ones, the prodigals that we spoke to last week. Like, you know, when I came out, I had this because of my background, I had this terrible feeling. I was like, well, I'm never going to be seen as good again. Like, I'm just going to be seen as that black sheep. Nobody's ever going to look at me the same. They're never going to, you know, love me the same. Did it change your perspective of me at all when you found out this about me? Mm, no, it was, it was like, well, this is where you have to like separate flesh from spiritual, like my flesh was hurt. My flesh was confused. My flesh was angry. Um, not at you, mm -hmm. but at the devil. I mean, I know this sounds crazy because spiritually I was angry at the devil too, but it was like my flesh was like wanting to go fight and, mm -hmm. you know, just grab hold of you and whisk yeah. you back, back home in my arms. And right. my love for you grew for the fact of Cause we were close. We mm -hmm. did a day didn't go by that we weren't on the phone or she was at the salon or, you know, it was like, yeah, we were tight. And so my flesh was hurt, but this is where the spirit, I had to rise up greater in my spirit because I was like, Oh no devil. Oh no. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm taking this on my knees and I'm taking this to the closet and, um, I'm fighting for my daughter my love for you became even greater in the flesh and in the spirit because mm -hmm. I knew as your mom, I had to fight for you. Right. And, and it wasn't a shame. It was a, I know there's a greater purpose in this, but I just didn't know what it was. Right. You know? yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, I guess that answers the next question because it, it did affect, affect our communication. Because um, mm -hmm. it was going to be, how do you, how did this affect our communication? Which I personally, I ended up running 
I, I was so scared to be confronted with my family about the decision that I had made that I said, I'm going to run away as far as, as far as way as I can get. Cause I don't want to, I already knew what they were going to say. I've heard it growing up my entire life. I was like, I know they're going to tell me I'm sinning. I know they're going to tell me, you know, I'm, I'm going to hell for this. This is not what God wants. And I was like, but they also, I didn't want to have to explain all the pain and all the things that I had been hiding my entire life to talk to them about it meant to bring it all up. And I, I couldn't handle that. I wanted to run away and I was just going to deal with it myself. I didn't want to hear what they had to say because they didn't know anything about me. They didn't know what I was going through. So I just ran away and wanted to deal with it myself. Well, when I did that, I ended up blocking all communication from any of my friends and family that had known me as this perfect Christian girl who was living the life, you know, living the dream. I had the husband. I had, you know, we were renting a house. I had done everything right. I got my degrees, but yet I was still dealing with all of this stuff inside that I had never talked to anybody about. So to cut all the communication off, I, I didn't want to talk to you because for one, I had already assumed what you were going to say to me. And I didn't and I said it. You did. <laughs> you did. Eventually it was said. I didn't let you down. I no, said it all. No, <laughs> but, and, but this is it, so important too, because I, I had made a post on his prodigal daughters. I think it was yesterday about, you know, parents being diligent and teaching your mm -hmm. children of their faith, because I knew all of this, but I was fighting against it. But I'm so blessed and I'm so glad that I knew the truth, even if I didn't like it, because eventually when God did redeem me and Becca, I knew what it was. I knew who he was. I knew what, what was said. I knew what, what it meant. And I knew what that feeling was. I knew who it was. For those who don't know faith or don't know where to go, it can seem like a complete loss mm -hmm. because nobody taught them. Nobody knew who Yeshua was. Nobody mm -hmm. knew the sacrifice that he made. But during this time, I was completely fighting against all of that. I was like, I know what you're going to say. I don't want to hear it because you'd have no idea. You don't know. You well, think that's you That's a do. perfect time for the devil to step in too, because what is he doing? He's then pulling you away mm -hmm. from people who can bring that to the forefront of your mind to be like, hey. To remind you. To remind mm -hmm. you of that I mean, truth. that's exactly what was happening. Mm -hmm. The devil was saying, you don't want to listen to them. Like, you don't have to hear anything they have to say because, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah. Live your life. Be happy. Do what you finally are wanting to do. Live the life you finally have been wanting to have and have this freedom. And, you know, so it did affect our communication. I know I know that because I didn't talk to you for months mm -hmm. at a time. Uh, even my dad, who I'm also close to, didn't talk to him, didn't talk to any of my siblings, um, any of my friends that were Christian, I didn't talk to, but I did talk to the ones who weren't Christian. Mm -hmm. I did talk to the ones who I did, who I thought would be happy for the news, you know, and I kept them closer and I actually went and even sought them out. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it, it definitely affected the communication. Well, and two, you think, you know, we have that mindset, it's true freedom. Right, right. But it's true freedom with a price of change. Oh yeah. We mm -hmm. even though you, very good. Yeah. Even yes. though we felt like we were completely free, we were not. Mm -hmm. My anxiety became worse, my depression became worse. I was crying constantly. <laughs> constantly mm -hmm. crying because I was like, I miss my family. And I like I and I would say things like I wish they could see how happy I was. And then now I'm looking back on it, I was like, I was miserable. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I really wasn't that happy. Yeah. Like I wasn't as happy as I made myself to think. Yeah. That's what God told me. Yeah. Too. I mean, it's like 
because when I would see you and you'd put on that front mm-hmm. and, and our conversations, I'm like, that's not the truth. You no. know, I could see it in your eyes and, and, but God just, he said, just yeah. hold on. Just, just wait a minute. On. Just wait a minute. Hold on. I got like, oh, It's not your time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the next question, this situation, which I know you've kind of already brought up, but how did it affect your relationship with God and your faith in God? Going it literally this. made me stronger because I knew there was after talking to you and like the, the when I when I first heard and met you at you mm-hmm. know your work and I could just see that there was nothing I could say or do that was going to change the situation yeah, no. and so as a mom that's you know if I didn't have God to lean on I would have felt so hopeless but and too it all goes into that spiritual realm to where it's like i knew truth i knew what you know god's word says and and i knew you knew it but then um when i saw that nothing i could say or do was going to affect that that's when god said you have to give her completely to me total surrender and he was like trust me i love her more than you do Mm-hmm. And he was like, she's mine more than she is yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, it's hard as a mom. I mean, and, and did you I know it's like without having kids, it's hard to explain, explain but, it, yeah. you know, how you love your fur babies, but mm-hmm. this is like this even is 10 times worse. But it's like with what God was leading me through with the whole Unity Fest, of course, we just lost Papa. And mm-hmm. so it was just like, I had no choice. I was like, God, I can't. My heart can't take this. My mind can't take this. I give her to you. And it was a complete trust and truly relief because I do trust God. And I Mm -hmm. knew that he, he was, he had you. Yeah. So it was a total trust in God. Did you, do you think that, um, if, which I think, I guess you mentioned this, for those who out there who don't have a have a strong faith in God, like do you do you think that like you said without God you would have been lost? Mm-hmm. Like there would have been no hope. Hopeless. Exactly. Yeah. And how did you personally cope with you know other than praying to God? Did you have any other ways you were coping like in your daily life? Things that you were doing every day to help you cope with the situation even after you surrendered to God? Was there anything you did? You know, I guess no, because I would wake up every morning when I'd go into my prayer closet and I would, you know, just do my morning, you know, pray and whatever the Holy Spirit led me to pray. But once I gave you to God, I did not ask for anything else from him regarding you. I thanked him every day from that day forward for your deliverance, for opening your eyes, for even Becca's deliverance, for um using this and that's when if you remember when we went and had lunch that day and i told you what god told me Mm -hmm. he said not only am i going to deliver her but there will be no baggage brought back that Mm -hmm. i am when i deliver it's going to be a clean slate and and that he is going to use your testimonies to help others that are in the same bondage yeah i'm not gonna lie she and totally called this i did and she I mean, called because, it well no god called well, it right, right, right. right. I was just a messenger. but that gave me the peace when he told me that he was like it's my time and my way 
-hmm. And he said, just trust me, but I'm going to do this, but I've, I'm going to take what the devil meant for evil, evil and, and turn, turn it, it to good. good. And, and I honestly that. think the biggest thing, and this is, I sh probably shouldn't say this because it's me speaking for God, but because of my trust in people, I had to fully trust her and to know that it wasn't just this gimmick of the Holy Spirit coming down and talking to to her mm -hmm. i had he i had to fully gave give my trust to her to then for him to come down and speak directly through her and maybe like okay this isn't a joke i mean even in the presence whenever we were there in the living room and it was happening mm -hmm. you could feel the holy spirit within that place like mm -hmm. anybody that doesn't know who the holy spirit was they would, you would have known because mm -hmm. that just the electricity within it's it. the whole atmosphere and i feel like that's you know because he said he placed multiple people in my life Mm -hmm. to help me but i feel like you were the one to do that yeah and then god ended up mm -hmm. using because and i can tell you and you can listen back to the old the podcast of you know the very first one that really tells you about more about that night or that afternoon but when i was saying these things i was fighting it i was like please no 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 i don't want to be the one to say it send somebody else i cannot be the person to tell her this but he made it to where he forced it out of me mm -hmm. because he knew, I didn't know so much in the moment, but he knew that the things I was getting ready to say, I would have never said mm -hmm. because of how I actually felt. Like I said, we were planning a whole wedding. And so for me to say it to Becca, it was like, that was the only way she was going to believe was because, well, she's stubborn. And because, you know, I would have never said those things. And in that moment, that's when we were like, okay, obviously this is an omnipotent thing that's happening this is above us we did say that only god's gonna there do this go. so say. yeah yep. so that's what ended up happening um but on the other side of this so we know obviously you were in your prayer closet and and i'm kind of asking this question because of you know what because i want the prodigals who are also listening to this too and and the, the mothers your perspective on maybe what I was doing, were you suspecting anything? How do I ask this? What did you think I was doing? <laughs> did you presume that maybe I was doing like, like really negative stuff? Like, did you just assume it or were you just kind of leaving it to God at this point? Um, I had no idea what you were doing because we never, we never talked. talked. Um, so it was literally god you see all you know all and she's yours and you told me to give you or give her to you and i did and so you know what it's going to take um you know your plan your purpose but in this this whole during that time it literally opened up doors because in the beginning it was almost like I'm not going to tell anybody that this is happening because I don't want them to their faith to be discouraged. Like, Oh, well, you know, here, this family, you know, serving God and then mm -hmm. look what their daughter's doing, you know, mm -hmm. but then in my prayer closet, like I said, it literally grew, drew me closer to God through this um, is when he started teaching me use this for my glory. You know, and he was like, because um, it's actually a door opening to where you actually can 
have a voice in a conversation regarding homosexuality and lesbianism mm -hmm. because I would see certain posts. And when I would go on there, because there was some that, you know, had posted that, you know, I can't believe my child has done this and, and, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know what to do with it and how to handle it. And so then God would have me just start, I just start typing. I'm like, where is this coming from? But it's like encouraging them, give them to God. Mm -hmm. I'm walking through it too, but I trust God and I know he's going to come through. You've got to give it to God and quit trying to handle it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it literally opened doors then to where I'm like, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to let this be known, whatever door you open for me to share this, because you've allowed this for a purpose mm -hmm. and, and to make, to turn it for your good is to give you glory in all of it. And so when the situations or the conversations are, uh, you know, you don't want to have, no, you need to have them. Yeah. And as long as you turn it all to God. And so it actually opened doors for me to witness, but also kind of like prophesy the fact that God's going to turn this around just watch. And mm -hmm. so when he has, it's like so many people that I told that to, it's a, it builds their faith up yeah. and saying, wow, there is hope. There is hope for, and it's not just for a child that's going through homosexuality for anything addiction. or addictions. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like, you've got to give them to God and quit trying to intervene what you think's the best way to handle it. You've got to seek God because there was times I would want to text you and God said, nope. And then they're out of the blue one day, God would say, just text her. You love her. And, mm -hmm. and I, that's what out you of the did. Blue, I would text. I love you. And that's, and, and that's exactly what the whole point of this, this particular episode of this podcast is, is because I, I know personally through mine and Becca's journey, we have not, I can tell you, we've not met as many people in the LGBTQ community as we have in the parents the parents are the ones that have come up to us the most and have said, you know, you have given us hope that there's hope for my child. There's hope that, you know, at the at the end of the tunnel, there's light to this. You know, my child's been gay for this long or my child's been addicted for this long. I mean, so many different things. And I know I can personally say in the beginning when I had came out, I wanted to run away so hard, especially from my mama because <laughs> no offense, no offense, but it was because I knew you were going to fight for me the hardest. And I knew that I was the closest with you. So you were going to be the one to say the things that I didn't want to hear say. So, but I can also say that I've never had, uh, I should say that I, it's because of your prayers. I know that God ended, ended up intervening, even though he was the one that came down to the living room and we were the stubborn mm -hmm. ones to say, well, it's going to take God to break us up. <laughs> I knew it was because even after that, I, I knew it was because that both of our moms were praying mm -hmm. and in, especially for you in my situation. And I make the joke all the time on the podcast that I was like, God, I could, I could see my mom's prayer closet right now there's holes <laughs> in the middle of it because she was in there so much for me and i'm so grateful for it now but you know how what other advice would you i mean i know you kind of summed that up already but is there any particular advice you would say to any of the parents out there that have are going through what we went through with having their child come out as gay or in the lgbtq community or another thing such as like addiction or you know 
Well, as I told you before, when we've had, you know, conversations about it, I learned a lot through your experience um, to where different ways um, I was taught. And in, um, I want to say the, the word I want to use is like a, the righteous way. Mm -hmm. um, never assume you know someone else's walk like God's mm -hmm. will or God's plan for someone else, just because they've, you know, made this decision or they left this church and went to another church. Don't assume like, Oh, well, they're deceived because you know, they're mm -hmm. not, they should be here or they should be going there or they should be acting like this or never assume, you know, God's plan for someone else's walk because he will flip that in a heartbeat and, yep. and teach you because in my mind, I, which granted, I knew that you were deceived by the, right, that right, spirit. Okay. Right. But I literally in the beginning, and y'all can attest for this. I literally was like angry mm -hmm. that Becca, like the devil sent her to deceive you and, mm -hmm. and, and all this. And looking back it's it's almost like, and because God even told me, he said, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Her soul, Becca's soul is just as important to me as Danielle's soul. Mm -hmm. And he said, while well, you're on your knees praying for Danielle, you, you need to be praying for Becca as well. And it grabbed me and it was just like, it was, I realized how selfish I was, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But also thinking, well, God, I know you're, this isn't your plan for Danielle. Right. And he was like, you don't know what my plan is. Yeah. So don't be so quick to think you're righteous enough to do my job for me. You know, right. and right. it was a, it was a kick to me. And, but I was so appreciative. I was like, God, I'm so sorry. You know, mm -hmm. it was a learning. And then through this, it was, you know, when he started telling me, I'm going to use their testimony to help others come out of the bondage. And, and so, and then through this, our conversations where you have, you know, opened up to me and saying, mom, you know, just the God's allowed us to be in that community to learn, you know, what others are, have feeling, what mm -hmm. has pulled them into mm -hmm. this bondage mm -hmm. yeah. and the love that they've missed out on or something happened in their life. And it was a, you know, a neglect for love. It's like, of course, we've got to treat each situation different as the Holy Spirit leads. Yes. Each part, like some people, they need that, you know, Hey, the word of God says this, but other people just need you to, to say, I love you. And God loves you and mm -hmm. Jesus loves you and he can set you free. Mm -hmm. And I love you. But that was the way God used me to discuss this when you were still out there is like when I would be on the platform of saying, you know, God says, this is how we need to handle it. This is how we need to handle it. And they're like, I would never do that to my child. I would never not speak to my child. I would never. And I'm like, you don't know unless you walk it. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you've got to let God lead you because you don't know how you're going to handle it. No. Right. It's got to be all through God's leading. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's the deception too, is the, the thought process of I wouldn't handle it that way. I feel like that's a part of a deception because 
nobody knows how they're going to handle mm -mm. a situation. Mm -mm. You may say that, right. but then turn around and do the exact same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. we got to be careful what we're speaking and what we're saying mm -hmm. during yeah. certain situations. And also back to the, you know, how each person, you know, the Holy Spirit handles differently because I know if, if you, if you truly like, like, uh, like, uh, I can't even think of the word right now when you're picking out certain things in mine and Becca's mm -hmm. story, like when you look at how God ended up speaking to, Be to Becca in the beginning, gosh, I'm tongue tied. God was very firm with Becca in oh, the yeah. big beginning. Oh, when yeah. he spoke through me to Becca, he was very firm. He said, I told you, he said, I have sent people in your life and you have ignored me. This is your last chance. You know, he was very firm with Becca and that's what grabbed a hold of Becca. Becca needed God himself to tell her, <laughs> you know, that you're, you're not listening. But what I, I, to be honest, when God was speaking through me in that moment, I don't really remember it. Becca mm -hmm. had, was the one that ended up reminding me of all that he said. But then when the second wave that God came through, I was very aware of it. I was completely and openly aware. And God, through that second wave, spread nothing but love. I got chills talking about it because it was this warmth. It felt like a hug. And he was like, I love you. And I've called you to be my daughter. Like, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. I didn't need the, the hellfire damnation. <laughs> I didn't need that, that boldness that God ended up yes. speaking to Becca. For me, I needed that soft love, which reflects in the way that you also handled the situation with me. Cause in the beginning it was very bold and firm and like, mm -hmm. what the heck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like you crazy child. <laughs> and, Come here. Let me spend. <laughs> right. But that's, that's what ended up. I wanted to run from because I couldn't personally handle that. I needed that softer approach. That's, you know, I love you. I, I don't agree with what you're doing, but I still love you. I still don't, I don't see you as a disappointment. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed to hear those things. So I think that's a huge lesson within this too, is that let the Holy Spirit guide you in the way that maybe your particular child needs to be handled. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he does, he or she does need that firm, like da, 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 da. But that's something that you need to let God lead you through. Mm -hmm. You don't need to speak it out of anger and frustration. Speak it out through the, let the Holy Spirit tell you when and let the Holy Spirit guide mm -hmm. you in how to say it and when to say it. And I know that's not easy for a lot of people especially you from like, mm -hmm. I know that wasn't well, easy in the beginning. No, it wasn't because it was like, you go off of what you've been taught or mm -hmm. what you've been, what's embedded mm -hmm. in you. Right. And so, but you've got to also be open to God to be taught at any age in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like you don't ever think that you've, figured it all out or, you know, everything about God, cause there's so many mysteries, but you, what the biggest lesson learned is love someone out of hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Becca yes. says that all you know the time. It's like you, I'm, I'm telling you this out of love because I don't want to see you go to hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same message as you're going to go to hell if you don't turn your life around. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's two different ways. I mean, of course there's multiple ways, but it's like, you just love somebody out of hell. So for, for me, if it were my mom and they were coming at me, that's why I said it would take God himself to say it. Because if my, if my family would have come at me with, you know, the way God did, I would have been like, eh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk back over here. Mm -hmm. But it took God himself to come, come down and just be like, 
I need your attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're over here in left field. I'm grabbing your attention right now. I'm done. I'm done playing the games. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm calling you. This is what I've called you to do. This is what I've called you to be. Right. And I mean, it took that strong. I think I, I, I needed that. Mm-hmm. I think I needed it from him. I needed that fatherly figure to be right. like, boom, this is the truth. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I've said pre- previously before, my, my family loved me back to God. Mm-hmm. They didn't pressure. They didn't preach. They just loved me. They prayed for me. They said, we love you. You know, you just, just all, all good things. <laughs> and it was funny too, because even, you know, with mine and Becca's experience, I, they knew that me and Becca's family knew that we were together, but we, they didn't say anything. They, they, they were very much like, we're just, we're not going to allow that to be said in our house. We're going to love you and invite you in. And that be the case. Now, granted, I, Becca had also been out a lot longer than I was. Becca was out for 14 years. For me, it was only three and a half. And that was, you know, it was still very fresh. So it's not that you wouldn't have had her over. I know, but I, I think at that point we were like really keeping boundaries and Becca's family still did that. And the way they handled it is, is very different than the way we handled it. But I think it was because of the type of people that me and Becca were and how we were raised. And all of that comes into play when the Holy Spirit's like, I know every single detail of y'all's family situation. I am extremely aware on how you feel, how your family feels, and how they all react. But God being the tapestry maker, always sees the back of the tapestry with all the knots and cores and he can see the beautiful picture that he's making out and he's so creative and he's able to weave and intertwine all these little experiences to now that both me and Becca are delivered from homosexuality. And now Becca's in here having an interview with you and me Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, and then we're going to be doing an interview with her grandmother. Like, Let me tell you, I was so excited to meet her family. By the way. <laughs> we're finally redeemed. At the baptism. At, At the, the baptism. baptism. <laughs> That's right. Um, we'll have to talk about that in another podcast. But when we got baptized, that was the first time Becca had ever met my family. Mm-hmm. And it was on Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Easter Sunday, yeah. I believe, that we finally said we're going to get baptized. And that's when our family came together. And we had such a joyous day in the fact that me and Becca were delivered we rededicated our lives back to God. And it was a, such a good symbol of how these families who would have never met otherwise now have. Mm-hmm. And now that we have this podcast and we're going to be unifying all of that. And then Unity Fest, which we'll be bringing that up in another podcast too. If you go on our Facebook, you can see all about it. But all of these things are being intertwined now. And it's just like, God is just so good. He is so he's creative. Just everything together. He's I mean, faithful. He's mm-hmm. faithful. He is honest. He does not lie. What he says is what he says. His word is true. And yeah, and we're we're living proof of it. So yeah. Well, thank Mercy you. and grace. That's Mercy right. So thank you for being on our podcast <laughs> and for letting me ask you questions. Mm-hmm. And um, all right. And the next one, we're going to be interviewing Becca's grandmother, Miss Phyllis. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to part one with Christy Reed. Now, the next episode is part two with my mom, Sherry Joyner. I hope you enjoy.